Untitled Beatles Podcast. TJ, man, I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, we recorded our last batch of episodes in February of 22. <laughs> so it's been a while. No, it was what, August is when we stopped? The, I've not yeah. seen you since the first week of August. Yeah, it's been over a month. This is like perhaps the longest time we've ever gone without uh, recording an episode. But thanks to our producer, Casey Baker, uh, we have continued to give you a new episode each and every week despite this gap. Well, now you've been producing some episodes as well. Casey's the overall. Casey's like our showrunner. He is. Is that fair? He's our showrunner. He runner. produces some episodes. He edits some. You and Casey split the editing duties. I do some of the best ofs because I'm incompetent. <laughs> it's it's not that. <laughs> no, but I always have help from our fact checking robot. Uh, which, uh, well, we'll talk about him later, or them. Actually, I'm not sure if the robot has a gender. <laughs> How does the robot identify? I don't... Now they want to identify <laughs> robots! <laughs> I identify as a robot. Well, welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm Tony. Hey, and I'm also Tony. We're very excited Wait, to be here. Wait, is that what the minute. T stands this, for? That's why you're so, TJ. <laughs> it's it's t- Tony James and the Shondell. <laughs> Tony. Who's well, there was Tommy, Tommy James yeah. and the Shondells. Tommy yeah. James. Yeah. Underrated 60s rock band. Yeah, man. I, I think, actually, I just made myself a playlist, and I open up with the Tommy James song. Luck has never been a thing I've found. Baby Let Me Down. I just opened up a playlist with uh, Baby Let Me Down by Tommy James and the Shondells. That's cool. One of the fun things, I had some of their 45s in the 80s, and they're all on roulette records, oh. which I love that that cool label. That is cool. It's pretty neat. Yeah. When it was spinning on the turntable, TJ, did you get hypnotized? <laughs> Thankfully, I did not. I was spinning on an axis because I was in the driving rain. <laughs> spinning on an axis. Spinning on an axis. Well, it's so good to see you, man. Welcome to our fall preview issue. This is our thick issue. <laughs> Supersized. Supersized. Uh, you know, growing up, this was like the big thing with TV Guide. Uh, you couldn't wait for the fall TV Guide preview issue to arrive in the mail. It was it had more pages that told you about all the things that were coming up, all the new shows, etc. Yeah. It was exciting. What a great, P- in retrospect, what a great PR piece for the three networks and later, you know, Fox, but they had previews <laughs> of all the nights for every show and like it made it made it seem like every show was going to be a classic, and by <laughs> yeah. like December, half were gone. Be gone. Yeah. Be gone. Remember when NBC bumped primetime up a half an hour? They called it primetime at six thirty. Yeah. Tony, I'll never forget it. Remember the shows? I remember two of them. I remember she's the sheriff with Suzanne yes. Summers. Next on, she's the sheriff. I gave her a license. Buckle up when Gussie gets a car. Are you out of your mind? And rips up the Lakes County roads. What are you trying to say? You are a bad driver. And I think it was called Out of This World, the one where the dad was a was this alien that was a triangle. Yeah. <laughs> you But I am cooking for dinner. Skunk on a stick? <laughs> How did that not make it? <laughs> uh, 
Those are the two yeah. I remember. Uh, was there's a few that may or may not be from uh, the prime time at six thirty, but I think were was Jennifer slept here prime time at six thirty. I don't remember that one. What is th- what? It sounds uh, salacious, if you ask me. It <laughs> it's got one of the one of the great underrated theme songs. <laughs> Jennifer uh, slept here. Hello. It's about uh, these two guys move into an apartment and the previous tenant's a woman who died, but she's there as the ghost. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's a great premise. Jennifer slept here. She lived here. She laughed here. It's just like, then he winds up. It's the great. He goes, Jennifer slept here. She never really left here. Jennifer slept here. Tony, I, I know we're old as fuck for saying this, but there's like that 84 to 87 TV <laughs> era that I know is burning your brain and mine too. Yeah, yeah. Such a weird era of television. I don't mind it there. I like it there. It keeps me uh, safe at night. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> well, we're going to talk a lot about what uh, what's coming up in Beetle World this fall. A lot of exciting developments. But first, let's talk a little bit about... Summer. How was your summer, TJ? You went uh, you went out to Vegas and you got to see Love, Cirque du Soleil. Tony, my <laughs> summer was the best summer ever. Wow, what happened? What happened? <laughs> summer loving, Beatles style. <laughs> Me and Tony ain't hung out in a while. <laughs> <laughs> People do pay me to do this. Not uh, this is for free, so I save my bad bits for this show. Um, yeah, I saw Beatles Love in Las Vegas. Here comes the, sun. the Beatles Love by Cirque du Soleil, brighter, bolder, bigger. Now featuring new acts, new music, new imagery, and more. It was the fourth time I'd seen it, but the first time since 2011 or 2010. Oh, so over 10 years. Since yeah, seen it had it. been a long time. I, you know, I, I, I'm in Vegas uh, pre-pandemic two, three times a year for corporate work. And I would always figure out a way to see it. And the first two times I saw it were in the same trip because I was so blown away by what I'd seen. I almost like I, I went back and saw the late show the, uh, the the night the next night. I'm like, I don't I spent most of my gig money on it because I couldn't believe what I'd seen. Then I saw it a second time a few years later. I mean, we talked about love on the show. Yeah, we uh, you know, we we did the all together now DVD and the soundtrack. A ton has changed musically Uh, from the soundtrack, which is how I remember it. There are a lot of differences, including a couple big ones. I wanted to kind of run by you one day. I'm going to blog about this. But if you remember the soundtrack, Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> Eleanor Rigby. I'm waiting by the phone. I put my face in a jar next to the phone. You're right. Yeah, Eleanor Rigby starts with the uh, just the violins in the love soundtrack. Here it begins cold as the song does with the chorus. Nice. So they chop off the intro, which is interesting. Um, they replace, this is the most controversial thing to me that I don't necessarily understand. Okay. They replaced I Am the Walrus. Right. I don't remember seeing that because I saw this back in May or whenever that was, April. That's, oh my God. So we saw the exact same production. Yeah. 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 I Am the Walrus, which is on the soundtrack and was there for every time I saw it, gone and replaced with Twist and Shout. Twist and Shout. Twist and Shout. 
thing we wanted to get in the theatre of people hearing and even the people who heard Twist and Shout again and again, it's like you're hearing it for the first time. We actually wanted rock and roll to burst through the stage, like a sledgehammer. But yeah, so it was interesting because what I'm the Walrus conveyed, you know, the, even though I've now seen it four times, the loose plot, the kind of connecting the Beatles story in the Cirque du Soleil telling, there's things I can't necessarily follow, but I'm the Walrus seemed to me almost like the genesis of John Lennon's mind in the original production. Okay. It's the end. It's post-war Britain. Right. It's, the, it's just before Beatlemania. And to me, it showed John's kind of the experimental side of John kind of growing out of nowhere in this, in this new world in a country that had been around for centuries. Um, so yeah, that gone was, was weird to me. Uh, a couple other little changes here. They do the full blackbird in the previous one. It was the blackbird intro into yesterday. And then she's leaving home makes an appearance, which I don't believe was in the original. So she's leaving home is in there. And right. Tony, a cool thing they did they and I I noted this in real time. The last bye bye has Paul's da 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 from I will over the last bye bye, and it's a beaut. It was a I wasn't expecting it. It, it, it hit my beautiful. heart real good. Strawberry Fields doesn't begin with the demo. It begins. It's just the full track. Yeah. Two other small changes. Lady Madonna starts with the the piano intro. They did this kind of build. Oh that right. Around with was, was the guy stomping around and stuff. That part. Yeah. yeah. And on the it, this one is just the Lady Madonna as we know it with a bulldog in the middle. And I was surprised. I wonder what they would do with back in the USSR, given all that's going on right now. I know this is me being a little oh, crazy, right, right. but they do it and they added sirens over the, um, the intro huh. over the kind of uh, guitar and drum bill. But yeah, it was, it, it was an incredible show and there's urgency to seeing it folks, because the word is the word is love, but also the <laughs> word is the mirage has been bought by hard rock and a few people there who worked there said, yeah, we don't we're not contracted uh, through second quarter of 2023. So this show is going to go away and it's probably not going to come back when they change around the Mirage mm. under Hard Rock ownership. So go see it. If, if you're waiting, now is the time. Yeah, I would definitely see that again. And what a cruel irony that Hard Rock Cafe would perhaps shut down like the most rock and roll show on the strip. So yeah, Beatles look great. Let's go. We need to go see it again. Yeah, man. And um, maybe we can find a way to go to Vegas together because this summer you did something that I wanted to join you for <laughs> oh, so badly. I believe we heard the episode last week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. Casey did a wonderful job of putting together the Beatle Fest episode. Uh, oh, so good. Two full days of all my raw audio and he made it into a cohesive thing. It was really fun, man. Yeah, Beatle Fest. I got to attend it. Chicago Beatle Fest 2022. I had a blast. We all tried to live in a yellow submarine Yellow submarine, it didn't work out We all tried to live in a yellow submarine It didn't work out I think this must be said Untitled Beatles podcast listeners have the sharpest ears in podcast listening Every Beatles pot's crazy about a sharp blast here. <laughs> 
One of the guys who somehow heard my voice, or maybe he heard my laugh. We were at some panel, and someone mentioned Bad Boy, and I laughed out loud. Uh, Ringo's Bad Boy was brought up. And the guy's name is David Stiberski, and he gave me a copy of a book that he wrote called Listening to What the Man Sang. It's a Paul book, and it goes through each and every one of Paul's uh, solo songs, or quite a few of them. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's like it gives you the recording date, and then there's some blurbs about each one. It's 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 cool, man. It's cool. So thank you, David. Thanks for saying hi, and uh, check out his book, Listening to What the Man Sang, The Casual Fan's Guide to Appreciating Paul McCartney. That's awesome. And then I got some stuff for you, TJ. Um, oh, is one of the things a soundtrack to The Young and the Restless that should have been $2 <laughs> but wound up costing 5 <laughs> Which is, even two is embarrassing. That's that, that's under the crates you dig for at Reckless. Yeah, he told me like he was using that that record as like filler between other records. And he was trying to sell me that for $30. Like, dude, I have gray hair. I wasn't born fucking yesterday. I pity bought that thing for $5. It should have been two. Uh, anyway, no, but TJ, that's mine, by the way. You ain't getting that. All right. <laughs> But I did get you this. I'm gonna have to stand back so you can see it here. Um, but it's it's uh, it's it, here. It is. It's a giant 45. <laughs> so great. It's a giant 16 inch 45. It's plastic. You hang it on your wall. You got a little thing. Do whatever you want with this TJ. But I thought you would appreciate it. A side. Mean Mr. Mustard. Polythene Pam. She came in through the bathroom window. B side. Golden slumbers. Carry that weight. And the end. So. <laughs> First of all, we have to create this 45 and actually have it pressed. I love it, Tony. <laughs> Does Mean Mr. Mustard start with any Sun King trail off, or in your mind, is it a cold drum intro? I think it would have to be a cold drum intro for me, yeah. So the track just opens with doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. It's a great gift. The guy who makes these, he was the he he was the one in the exhibit with all the records on display from different countries. All the forty, it was mostly forty fives and stuff. Um, but he had a bunch of them. I had to like choose that one. Like he had a bunch that were pretty cool. Like he had all the Yellow Submarine songs, but just as a four song EP, you know. Cool. Uh, and then I wanted to give you as well. Look, I found a bundle of these. Um, these are Beetlefest programs. From I have a oh my goodness from eighty two and I think eighty three from eighty two and eighty three. Where did, how did you get those? Thank you. How and where did you get those? Did they just have them? Yeah, got some right here for you, man. So. Buddy, thank you. <laughs> I, I know for sure I have somewhere. Like I'm slowly going through my mother's photo albums. She saved all this stuff. I know I have some of those programs somewhere because that's when I was going. You alluded to this on the show. My first Beetle Fest. I was eight years old you know yeah man you you got to go it's changed so much since then and much like love i haven't been to beetle fest since i think i took my now wife carrie in 2011 we got married in 2012 and haven't been back because we we got married on the 12th of august we got married Guess what weekend Beetle Fest is always <laughs> it's always then well it's here. 11 12 13 next year too i mean we we can go to there's one in new york in march John and Yoko apparently endorsed and went to the Mark, Mark Lapidos, the head of uh, Beetle Fest. Oh, really? Went to the first Beetle Fest in New York in 75, 76. 74. 
whenever the first Beatles was in New York was, I think Lennon either gave some, if I'm remembering the story correctly, Lennon either gave them his authorization or some merchandise, but John Lennon wow. was aware of, and I think endorsed the first Beatles Fest. When I first started Beatles Fest, I went to John Lennon with the idea, told him my whole idea about it. And he said, quote, I'm all for it. I'm a Beatles fan, too. It's neat. And it no longer goes by that name. Now it's just the fest for Beatles fans. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. As of what, 15, 20 years. But, but I still call it the Sears Tower. I still call it Comiskey Park. So yeah, I'm calling it Beatles the, Fest. It's the Hancock Building. Right. Second City's the Compass Players. <laughs> <laughs> I call the Beatles the Quarrymen. Annoyance's Improv Kitchen. You know, those big <laughs> Improv kitchen. If somebody comes to the improv kitchen, they should expect the unexpected. Escalator! What what are some of your, like, you saw and did so much, do you have particular favorite moments from being there? Yeah, I guess so many. I really liked being in that record room. That was fun. Obviously, meeting Mark Lewison was a huge thing. I was like, the previous day, it took me Sunday to do it. Saturday, I had cold feet. I was just pussyfooting around it. Cause I'm like, well, what do I say to this guy? Like, uh, cause, uh, I didn't bring my books for him to sign. I, I I'm not an autographs person, so I wasn't going to have him sign anything. And yeah. And I was all trepidatious about it. And same with Chris O'Dell, who I did not talk to. Cause I was just like, I don't know what to say to you. I don't know what to say to like celebrity people. Same with Chris O'Dell. What do you say to Chris O'Dell? Hi, <laughs> I'm a guy nerve-wracking asking strangers about themselves it violates a lot of my like leave me alone stuff okay tuna melt time Mm. well you should have tried this hi you're chris odell you inspired a miserable george (laughs) b-side miserable's a little strong (laughs) yeah i mean yeah it's a little (laughs) online tj i'm the only one that Great. I'm I'm so glad you had fun. And I promise you I'll be there with you next year. And in fact, even though it's on our anniversary. Uh, I told uh, my wife that we'll probably all go because I'd love for my kid to get to see it, too. Um, That would be really cool. And that way they can all enjoy it. And then I you and I can take time. And then Sunday morning, I will drive for our anniversary trip straight from Beetlefest. But we will do Beetlefest on that Friday and Saturday because I love it. I, I was I lived vicariously through you. And it's a testament to how how much fun you were having that I wasn't even jealous for a moment. I was just thrilled. For oh, you. good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Now, one guy that was was there was Bruce Spicer. What a fun guy he was! Like he's, I didn't realize he was so like nutty. He was do, when he was doing his panel, he was almost doing like Beatles stand up or whatever. You know, he was. You please, please, I'll thank you, folks. You, you. It's his kind of boomer humor or whatever, and that's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? And as a younger person, I recognized the humor and said, ha that is humor. Right. Um, <laughs> I understand right now that you are being funny. <laughs> right. But he puts out these wonderful books, and he just put one out. Uh, you got yours. I know. Yeah, it's right? great. 
Yeah, it's uh, the Beatles, Rubber Soul to Revolver. So he's he's examining Rubber Soul, Yesterday and Today, and Revolver. And uh, it's great. To me, these are like adult kids books. Adult's not the right word. (laughs) I love adult books for kids. It's all we let our son read. How do, what am I trying to say? You know what I mean. They're, they're like picture books, but for adults. There we go. They're, you're you're a you're a huge Cosby fan, even still. They're picture pages. <laughs> <laughs> Remember picture pages? Yeah, that's how I learned a lot. I will say, reading this damn Spicer book, I was like, ah, oh, why didn't I buy the seven hundred dollar butcher cover? <laughs> yeah. At Beetlefest when I saw when do you see a butcher cover ever let alone three of them and the $700 one was it was all like it was like a totally half peeled half not peeled so it, it looked a steam off it was a steam off that was yeah. done like badly but to me it was kind of cool it had that anthology to <laughs> look to it you know the, sure <laughs> the, like that kind of cover Klaus Klaus Borman designed Klaus. all the anthology covers yes yeah. So, uh, but that's out there, you know, if you're into the Bruce Spicer thing, he's got that new book. It's, it's cool. I kind of look at Bruce Spicer as American Mark Lewison. I mean, there, there are so many great Beatle writers where we love, um, Robert Rodriguez is great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so many, uh, there's, uh, uh, Richard Buskin there. We don't mention his name enough. He's got a great podcast mm-hmm. too. There, there's a lot of great Beatle writers. Schaffner, RIP. Yeah. Oh yes. Of, of course. Um, And I think because Bruce Spicer's sole focus seems to be on the American records. I mean, he's uh, he's got a great book about about the Beatles on Parlophone. So he has delved into some of the non-American issues, too. But my love and my upbringing on the American records has made me love how Bruce Spicer, all of his books... And he, he's the only Beatles author I'm really aware of who's touched on, like in his Beatles on Swan Song book and um, Beatles on Apple, who touches on the 80s and 90s reissues and gives the information about Live at the BBC and the Yellow Submarine song track. Those right. have not been explored in that detail by other authors. So, yeah, we love we're, we love all Beatles authors except uh, Dead Albert Goldman. And, um, <laughs> Dead Albert. <laughs> Speaking of Bill Cosby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think Bruce Beiser's done some of the most excellent work in, um, in Beatle authoring. Well, there you go. And now, TJ, I regret to inform you that we must take a journey to the Untitled Beatles Podcast Department, Department of, of Corrections. corrections. <laughs> okay, a lot of setup for that. <laughs> totally worth it. Do you want a couple more takes? <laughs> no, that one, that one was the keeper. Nailed it. Nailed it. Definitely not too many words. All right. Uh, okay, TJ. So in our solo seventies B sides episode, we left one out, man. We missed one. It is one I had never heard from a 45. <laughs> I don't own. So I learned a new Ringo Starr song. Yes. Thanks so, to who is the listener? Let us know that we appreciate it. Forgetting the name. It's uh, he or she goes by the name of Mick Ramahamasham on Discord. Most people on Discord have these funny names that aren't their real names. So we sound like tools when we talk about them. What but. if that's a McCartney inspired plant burger at McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> 
Mayor Mick Ramahamisham. <laughs> Brung to you by. <laughs> so, uh, yes, on Discord, uh, Mayor Mick Ramahamisham says, What about the B-side to Wings that didn't appear on Ringo the Fourth? Just a dream? So, yeah, man, good call. That one got past us. We were the goaltenders, and uh, one point to you, listeners. Okay, just a dream. Did you get a chance? Did you listen to it? Uh, I didn't need to because I, lo- <laughs> I, I love the Fits in the Tantrums version that Ringo wrote. <laughs> yes, I did hear it. Oh. I played it, and it sounds like it fits perfectly on Ringo the Fourth. How they, 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 when they reissued this on CD, the song was not included. I don't no. believe you can stream it anywhere. I don't own the Wings Forty. I own many Wings Forty Fives. Hashtag Mary Had a Little Lamb. But I don't. I don't own the Ringo uh, Wings on Forty Five on Atlantic from the Wings was a single that was left off Starstruck, the Rhino Ringo Second Half Hits compilation. So ah. for a song he covered twice, you know, this, even Ringo didn't care about this tune but had you heard this no no I, I knew nothing about this song technically this is an outtake from rotogravure oh i didn't know that okay To me, it sounded like Ringo was trapped in like a disco version of maybe the movie Groundhog Day or something like that. That's what a lot of Ringo uh, the fourth sounds like, too. I mean, yeah, Ringo the fourth kind of has that quality to it. Well, yeah, because all those records have that disco feel to them that were all produced by the same guy. I think Arif Martin. Yes. Arif Martin. Also did. I, I mean, he was like a soul. He did stuff with Aretha Franklin. He might have done stuff with the Young Rascals. Like he was a big Atlantic Records in-house producer for a long time. Well, as you know, TJ, we are a small operation here at the Untitled Beatles podcast, and it's just myself. You, TJ, our producer, Casey. And, uh, you know, when it comes to fact checking, sometimes we get a little overwhelmed because we just we, you know, we riff and we go off and we we do our thing. Right. That's what we do. We do the thing. And Casey, you clean it up. Okay, thanks. See you later. See you on the next one. (laughs) So Casey, (laughs) instead of pulling out his hair and spitting all over the microphone. (laughs) Nice. Hey, if any Beatles sniffers want a Tony spit on mic pad. <laughs> yeah, I'm cutting it up into three eighths inch cubes. <laughs> Who wants Tony's bed sheets? <laughs> 
So instead of Casey pulling his hair out, what he did was he invested uh, all of our Untitled Beatles podcast money and budget into a fact-checking robot. You may have heard this robot on earlier podcasts. Uh, Its name is P3Z Nuts. P3Z Nuts. And uh, thank you, P3Z Nuts, for keeping us on track. Day not up. It's factually accurate. This is a factually accurate robot. However, it does offer from time to time controversial opinions. It's known for its for its hot robo takes. <laughs> but because Three Z Nuts only speaks in post production, we never hear those controversial opinions. Um, the White Album should not have been two LPs. It should have been four EPs. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Uncalled for. Uh, yeah. I mean, we didn't hear it, but I'm pretty sure that was uncalled for. And offensive. Cancel P3Z nuts. Cancel P3Z nuts. Well, we must say this with every program. Uh, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean. Like and subscribe. We're on Pod Cream. We're on Pod Balm. We're on Pod Salve. <laughs> you know, use us to soothe you and like it while you can. Smush that like and subscribe. I'm on Pod Nivia. That's <laughs> <laughs> the French pronunciation, Nivia. <laughs> I think you can like you can listen to us on YouTube now too. I think it depends. Like if we have too many drops in there, maybe it gets taken down. But YouTube is another way you can listen to us. And then of course, join us on Discord. Uh, there's always lively conversations in the treehouse. And uh, I wanted to do some listener shoutouts. Is that cool? Sure. Because we've gotten some great correspondences from y'all. So this 15 year old kid Dakota reached out to us. Love the name. I wonder if it's inspired by John and Yoko's residence. Oh, the, the Dakota. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder too. I wonder too. Well, you know, we make a lot of these pop culture references, and Dakota, who's 15, messaged us via his dad's YouTube account to let us know that he got our James at 15 reference from a few episodes back. Yeah. How great is that? Thanks, Dakota. <laughs> In fact, I think he knows more about the James at 15 than we ever will. Man, I can't tell where you're coming from. Oh, we're, we're coming from Oregon. We just moved here. Come. Coming from, coming from don't mean a place, man. At least not a place on a map. I'm talking about a place in your head. Oh. It's wild. And did you remember that from PBS in the late 80s, 87, 88? I remember it existing, but okay. I didn't like watch it or anything. Yeah. yeah. You're more of a Degrassi junior high guy. A little more. Yeah. I was in grade eight back then. I'm in grade eight, so I'm important. You're in grade seven, so you're like totally embarrassing another listener shout out beetle dave here was a discovery we had recently on discord remember this tj yes what a great great one turns out beetle dave played your wedding he did he uh he was doing keyboards uh, i believe supplementing or augmenting because he worked with this band the band who played my wedding the cavern beat a great beetle cover band that focused on a lot of the early stuff, which, you know, was what we wanted. It, you know, it was people dancing at the wedding. Right. And uh, you don't want she's leaving home at your wedding. No, I don't want, I don't want that on my on my CD player. <laughs> it's a multi-disc changer. Also in there is Invisible Touch and the new Madonna. Um, 
they did a great job and I'm thrilled they did a great job because I can talk about them positively. Like I was joking with Beetle Dave. I'm like, thank God I didn't say you guys suck because I didn't know that one of the band members was listening to our podcast, but I loved them. They were yeah. great. Our whole, All our families and friends loved them at the time. So yeah, what a cool connection that uh, someone who played in the Beatles uh, tribute band at my wedding is a fan of the show and on Discord. Thank you, Beetle Dave. So thanks y'all for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, and now it is time for another edition of Stars Search. Where can I hear Beatles bootlegs? Stars Search. What does your husband think about bootlegging? Part of the people. Well, as you know, TJ, Star is a, an avid listener of the program, and from time to time she shares with us bootleg recordings that she has found uh, online. And uh, today she's sharing with us uh, some traveling Wilburys. I think she was on a traveling Wilburys kick. Never talk about the Wilburys, do we? Not much. They don't exist to me because I hate <laughs> Bob Dylan and I hate Tom Petty and I hate <laughs> Jeff Lynne and Roy Orbison. I'm he's the only one that's alive. <laughs> See, yeah, I think you got everything wrong on that one, TJ. Story of my life, T three Z nuts. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the Jeff Wilburys too, and that's those are albums when they Rhino brought them back after like. 15 years of being out of print, Tony. They're out of print forever, yeah. Yeah, and Rhino brought them back and cleaned them up and put bonus tracks and stuff in, and now you can find them everywhere, of course. But yeah, that I mean, I'd be lying if I said Volume 3 is a record I listen to all the time. I love Volume 1. Volume 3's got some good stuff. The energy had changed after Roy Orbison had died. Right, which happened right at the peak of uh, Wilburys, yeah. you know, in the charts and stuff. It was, I think, December of 88 is when Orbison died, I think. Um, oh, what a night. Late December, back in 88. 88. <laughs> How come the Four Seasons don't write no parodies of my Roy Orbison dying? Yeah. yeah, we can always ask Star if there's a Four Seasons bootleg of that out there. <laughs> see, there see what she comes up with. There's a Beatles versus the Four Seasons bootleg out of it. You better run for your life if you can. Well, as you know, yes. Uh, so Star shares with us uh, a demo from Volume 3. She's my baby. Dylan seems to be kind of the uh, the primary singer on this, not as opposed to the group. Yeah, in in the um, original, it's everyone. I think including Jeff Lynne trading off a verse, and in this one, it's just Dylan singing everything. I don't know is he this? I think most of the songs are credited to all four or five of them back when Roy was alive. But is this a uh, primarily Dylan written song? That's what it would seem. 
right? Since he's the primary singer and it's a demo, it sounds like this is his offering to the band. I would say yeah. so. Yeah, it's interesting. I was getting into the songwriting. You can figure out on the first record, you can figure out who wrote which song because of the publishing. Yeah. But on the second record, volume three, the the publishing was all all of their publishers. Yeah, they must have all bet when the first one was such a massive hit, they figured out let's how to restructure this so it's a bit more equitable. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Quickly, because we'll do a full Trap and Wilburys episode, if not more of them down the road. But, you know, Jeff Lynn, was he in our fifth Beatle contest? Now I can't remember. Was Jeff Lynn in the in the contest? Contest? A contest? This is what you do with your friends. Well, no. no, he wasn't. You mean in our fifth Beatle contest? Yeah. Our fifth Beatle bracket? No, I don't think he was. We should put him in for the sixth Beatle. He'll have to be because, I mean, not just free as a bird in real love, but... You know, Cloud Nine gave yeah. George his his second biggest hit of all time, uh, and uh, you know, Flaming Pie is maybe one of the best late era Paul albums. And then there's the Wilburys. You know, like yeah, Je- Jeff Lynne, I think is going to be remembered with far more stature in Beatlelore than he probably thought of right now, right? I, I mean, maybe the reason he hasn't reached that status is because he left the tapes for Traveling Wilburys Volume 2 in a bathroom on the tube. <laughs> Cue thunderstorm and electric guitar. Gentlemen, I'd like to be the first to know. We got the tapes. That's that's where we left Tony since I was 11 years old. (laughs) We got the tapes. Are we done for the day? Am I cut? (laughs) Well, thank you, Star, for another wonderful submission to Star's Search. Cue Rolling Stones. Star Search. Okay, we've got some new releases that are happening. And then I swear we're going to talk about the upcoming Revolver and all that. But in the meantime, we've got three new uh, Beatle-related releases. Uh, let's start with Yoko. Yoko and the Plastic Ono Super Band. Who are these people? Uh, they are Yoko Ono on vocals. Uh-huh, I know. <laughs> Steve Kahn on guitar. I seen your picture. Andy Moosen on bass. Rick Morata on drums. Steve Gadd on drums. Now, Steve Gadd, I do know, because I want to say he sat in on the Letterman show or something. Steve Gadd and Rick Morata both played with Steely Dan, by the way. Oh, maybe that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of Steve Ferroni. I knew there was a Steve I was thinking of. Steve <laughs> Ferroni was the guy who sat in on Letterman. Every time I bend over, it sounds like I'm getting married. Hey, that's... <laughs> Don Grolnick on keyboards, Randy Brecker on trumpet, and Michael Brecker on sax. So the Brecker brothers are on... <laughs> They Lawrence. both play with Steely Dan, too. This is the closest Yoko, for honest to God, is a Yoko playing with my third favorite band. Try not to make sound. So this is a live concert, August 10th, 1974. 
at Japan's first major rock festival called the uh, One Step Festival. Uh, yeah, you can find this on Light in the Attic Records. It's streaming. I really liked it. You get to hear a live version of I Felt Like Smashing My Head Through a Clear Glass Window, which is one of my favorite Yoko songs. Yeah, it's like her band on the run. It goes to a whole different thing. It's cool, man. I liked it. Hey, long. And don't worry, Kyoko. There's that song about the witch trials when she reenacts getting drowned yeah. or burned or whatever, whichever one. That's a lot of Yoko tracks, but yeah, I know the one to talk about. I enjoyed this record. Out of all the three that newly came out, this is my favorite. Yeah, Tony, the band's great. I even love some of Yoko singing on this. It, it's yeah. it's like some of my favorite I've ever heard, Yoko. And all due respect, but all these guys run fucking rings around the Elephant's Memory Band. That's another thing, too, is like she's playing mm-hmm. the music. I didn't know who the musicians were, but she's playing with like top. These guys played with Steely Dan, maybe the most notoriously fickle and finicky studio band ever. So she's playing with top tier musicians. This might be my favorite Yoko release. <laughs> I love it. I'm on pre-order the fucking vinyl. <laughs> Listen to it once and wonder where my money went. <laughs> well, you can't get it. Yeah. Light in the Attic Records. Order yours today. Send $8.98 for records, $9.98 for 8-track or cassette to Box 7500, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357 or phone 1-800-257-1234. Okay, Julian Lennon put out a record uh, called Jude. Man, he cashed out that album title with this album. Yeah, Julian finally sold out, dude. <laughs> That's why the only Beatle kid I listen to is James <laughs> at 15. James at 15. Hey, kid, you knew? Uh, yeah, this semester. Would you like to feel low? I mean, get nice and down, down and out, feel no pain? Got just the pill for that. When the road to freedom is a traffic jam. I tried giving this a listen. I did not make it through the whole thing. Um, I think critics would use the word milk toast to describe this record. I did my toast in milk lib. <laughs> Everyone is searching, trying to find a new religion. So peace of mind. Peace of mind. Don't want to let go of all of my intuition. I need a sign. Did you get a chance to listen to this record? I did. And before I listened to the record as homework for the show, 
WXRT has been playing uh, Lucky Ones uh, in rotation. So sometimes you'll hear that like right after Talking Heads and just before Spoon. Like it's, it's, that is kind of, it's a current, and actually read Lucky Ones. It's the first time a Julian Lennon song has been on the Billboard Airplay chart since 1991. It debuted at 37. It debuted, debuted is the word, not debuted. It yeah, debuted at number 37, and okay. I, I love the song. I think the really? song fits nicely with adults rock radio. It's a it's a good XRT song. The lyrics are great. I know you're not a huge lyrics guy, but like right. I want to read you these two stanzas of what Julian is saying in this. Julian says, We gotta find a way to get better. The only way through this is together. It's too late, so never say never. I know we're the lucky ones. Okay, not complicated, not exactly his father. But then he follows it up with, look at us. We fucked up the weather. If we unite, we'll get through whatever. We need this world to last us forever. I know that we're the lucky ones. It's a great message. And it's a message of unity in a time that's really divisive. And I I like uh, the album, like every Julian Lennon album, with maybe the exception of Photograph Smile. The Velots are just still a great album, too. But every Julian Lennon album's got some good songs and a lot of filler. This is no different, but the good songs are really good. I think this is a really enjoyable album, and I think one day we're going to look back and go, huh, John Lennon's son was actually an artist. And even though he didn't release a ton of stuff, he took his time. And this is a little like the Ringo albums, Tony. He's not releasing this to for a hit. He's releasing this because he's a creative and wants to get his voice out. I'm all for it. I, I support him, and I like this album. I give it three and a half fabs. Okay. Okay. Then they're playing that song on the radio, huh? Yeah. XRT's playing. It's in rotation. That explains all those accidents on the... People must just be falling asleep on the road. <laughs> or people want peace. Egypt Station standout six-minute track. Um, I, yeah, I like, so how many fabs? Are you giving it one fab or two fabs? I didn't make it through. I, I might have gotten distracted by the filler. I put it... I put the record on... En route to uh, the the book fair thing down in Printer's Row. Oh, yeah, the Ren Fair. <laughs> yeah, the Renaissance Fair for people that read. <laughs> the Renaissance, Tony. The Renaissance Fair. My favorite hotel. <laughs> well, it would be the Renaissance because I've already read that. <laughs> I, I, I read. <laughs> No, I'll have to give it another spin. Maybe I'll maybe I'll focus on whatever the hits are. Maybe I got dist- I think I got distracted by the filler. I just heard mid-tempo acoustic guitars and songs that w- didn't do anything. They just didn't do anything. I got really bored by it. Like angrily bored. <laughs> so with all my might in every way I'll try to forget you soon. Uh, wait, I saved my angrily board for the Ringo EP, which we're going to get to. <laughs> well, let's go get there. All right. All right. Let's. We love you, Ringo. We do love you, Ringo. Originally scheduled for November 15th. Uh, <laughs> Rush release due to public yeah. demand. Yeah. I, my theory is that the news that Revolver being reissued was going to just like, like steamroll over this. So now we can hear it. It's called EP3 or EP3, however you want to say it. <laughs> Like episode three, right? Or, or Epi, Brian Epstein. <laughs> right. Right. Maybe this is his third tribute to Brian Epstein. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it's a four song thing. The lead track is World Go Round. Um, yes, it is. I'm not sure how to classify this music. How would you classify this music? Well, you know, I classify it thusly. Ringo's made the same song since 1998. You say the fun is over. How do you describe what this music is? It, it's not for you and me, which is what's tricky. Right. We're both Ringo apologists, too. And I'll go on record as saying as late as 92, that way to the world is, I think, a top tier Ringo song. So I like that song. I get that song stuck in my head from time to time. And I don't mind that. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. so th- this is not me saying like he didn't do anything after 74. Right. You know, but like, yeah, the last couple Ringo EPs, I mean, fortunately, you know, what's not on this. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock, <laughs> five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. <laughs> Most mechanical. Yeah. How can one of the great drummers in the history of rock be something mechanical? But no, the last song on this, Tony, features Svengooli, Rich Cause, on saxophone. It's the son of Svengooli show at a new time with new laughs and the same old movie. <laughs> Dave Cos, I think his name is. Yeah, Free Your Soul is the name of that song. This sounds to me like Ringo writing his version of the theme from St. Elmo's Fire. It's, this sounds to me like Ringo tried to write an easy listening tune in 1986. The Spanish guitar. Yes, it's a little bit of footprints from Press to Play. The horn stings. Uh-huh. There's a saxophone. A lot of sax. Yeah. Yeah, that song, yeah, yeah, I guess I, I was, I found, I found a word to describe this music. Do it. It's Ringoistic, you know? So it's like Ringoisms. This is Ringoistic music. It's his own thing. It's kind of rock and roll. It's kind of show tune. It's kind of- Vaguely Caribbean. Vaguely Caribbean <laughs> with the Spanish guitar. <laughs> It's his friends, so it's like, you know, like he's giving people work and he's always got the background singers. He's giving them work like he's doing good things for the musicians union. <laughs> That's why he does it. Ringo knows what it was like to be broke. That's why he's done. How come a Beatles on Shining Time Station? Well, you see, Ringo snorted his money up his nose. Get yeah. the rest of Chip's moment. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, look, it's it's inoffensive. There's nothing objectively bad on this, but I say this as a diehard. When do I ever want to consciously put on this music? Yeah, and once again, the cover art looks like something that you see at Photoshop at laundromats next to, you know. Lost Cat, the new Ringo EP. (laughs) All that said, I am happy that Ringo is on this earth doing his thing. 
oh, me too. Can we and say like, that? Yeah, yeah it, it is way better to have new Ringo than not. But again, yeah. like basically every ring, God bless you, Mark Hudson, uh, going back all the way to the late 90s. There's not a time, never without you. The George tribute is nice. Don't go with the road, road. Don't go. You know, he said he said some good songs in the last 25 years. But I mean, if we only have so much time in life, what Ringo do you want to hear? Do you want to hear it? Don't come easy. Or do you want to hear, you know, let's be friends. <laughs> I think was a there was a kid's toy. Was it Teddy Ruxpin? <laughs> yeah. But, but but the theme song was. Let's be friends. We'll do things together. We'll have a great old time. And I don't know what toy it was for. It was for a talking doll called Cricket. Cricket required four C batteries and one nine volt battery. Let's be friends. We'll do things together. We'll have a great old time. Cricket, what makes you talk? I've got a real cassette tape player built right in. You just put in any one of my special tapes and press play. Oh, well, I mean, hey, man, I've got laundry to do, so let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about this, man. Um, Revolver, super deluxe, box set, coming out. October 28th. Man, I've already ordered my vinyl. What about you? You know, this is the one Beatle album I don't love. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Beatle albums I like most, I like Rock and Roll Music Volume 2. <laughs> I like the first half of disc one of Past Masters, the album. No, I, I'm so excited for this, and I'm excited for two reasons. One, I think Revolver, Rubber Soul, and Help are the three that are calling the most to be remixed. Mid-period, yeah. And that's your favorite period. That is my favorite period. But I also feel like technology improves so much from Sgt. Pepper onward that while the remixes are glorious and in some cases revelatory... I don't know how necessary they are, because if you go back, even the 87 CDs and 88 of Pepper, White Album, and Abbey Road sound really good. And the 09 remasters sound great, too. Uh, the remixes are great, but to me, the mid-period stuff, before the technology improved, is, and I'm aware George Martin remixed Help and Rubber Soul for CD in 87, and those are the remixes that made them out to CD in 09, so I'm aware yeah. that exists. But that was 1987 remixing. Now with the technology that Peter Jackson's company helped develop to yeah. be able to isolate, to be able to take Paul's bass and Ringo's drums off of one channel and separate those, that's Peter. So another legacy to Peter Jackson, Tony, it's not just get back. It's helping Giles Martin and Sam O'Kell with the technology to demix then remix fucking revolver. And in theory, what comes before it? I can't, it's the most excited I've been for a deluxe Beatles reissue. I can't wait. Ah, look at all the lovely people. You tell me that you've got thing you want and your bird can sing. Can you read that? Yeah, I can read it. Okay, now, Paul. And it's making me feel like my trousers are gone. <laughs> me too. Me too. Is there something that you are particularly uh, looking forward to hearing? Yeah, there's three things I'm looking forward to hearing. I'm looking forward to hearing the demo of John Lennon doing Yellow Submarine. Yeah, which me I've too. never. I mean, I've never. I didn't know it existed. I've never heard of it before. Um, and in terms of, I mean, there's other, you know, cause revolver doesn't have a ton of alt no. takes. I mean, I've right. got some alternative revolver bootleg and that's the sounds not great, but like no. even anthology two doesn't have a ton. 
No, no, I don't think there is a lot to be quite honest. I think they really are just kind of like scraping the barrels, not the right word. Cause that's very pejorative, but there's not a lot out there. Like the, I remember I had that revolving thing and it's like seven monitor mixes of for no one, which is basically a microphone in the room of the control room, right. listening to playback of a mix in progress. So Curios more than yeah. essentials. Right. Your day breaks, your mind aches, you find that all her words of kindness linger on when she no longer needs you. Uh, but to answer your question, the two songs are two of my favorite Beatles song of all songs of all time that I really can't wait to hear. I, I'm only sleeping because yeah. I want to know what backwards guitar solos going in there. Are they going to pull from? Right. Wouldn't it be cool if it's a remix of the original UK using the US mono guitar solo? The first version I ever heard was the one where the guitar comes in later so that that first chord going into the solo is clean. To hear that remixed and And Your Bird Can Sing, that's one that is always, you know, a little like Please Please Me. The guitars in And Your Bird Can Sing sparkle in a way that just make my heart happy. And I can't <laughs> wait to hear how those are spaced. What about you? I'm guessing Tomorrow Never Knows is high on your list. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm stoked. To, there's that uh, strange uh, mix that came out, I think, on early copies of Revolver. That was like one of the most rare mixes out there or something so rm 11 yeah. yeah something like that yeah uh -huh. yeah i don't have the notes in front of me i will i'm looking forward to the whole thing i'm looking forward to the book i'm i'm honestly i feel like because you can just stream it at midnight or whatever i'll be doing that first thing in the morning but i'm really looking forward to reading the book and seeing the pictures and diving in like diving into it that way visually yeah, too. i, I pre-order the vinyl yo tambien yeah mm -hmm. man the one thing I'm disappointed, like, you know, we got to see Get Back, you know, and we finally got to see in context George walking out of the group and all that at Twickenham. Wait, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Fuck. <laughs> Man, I am disappointed that there isn't tape of Paul walking out during the She Said, She Said sessions. Yeah, or is there? <laughs> Maybe it's can a we, ghost track. Can, can we reenact it with Mitch Weissman and the original cast of Beatlemania? Hey, and, Tom Teeley. And jo Joni and Chachi are in there, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys think I'm Paul McCartney? Come on, you know we know. But I'm the, this is terrible. I can't stay here. Wait a minute. No, Yeah, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. wait. We are the type of podcast that will do like an instant reaction thing. The one thing we're not going to do 
and this is what I hate about YouTube in general, is that whenever there's all these like reaction videos and whatever the slash card is, the title card is for, it's always somebody going like, oh, like with a stupid <laughs> Home Alone face, like about everything. And it's the stupidest thing in the goddamn uh-huh. fucking planet. <laughs> it's like... Quit opening your fucking mouth about anything. It's you're not. You're not that excited. Nobody is. Nobody does that. So so true. So we won't be doing that. We won't be like, oh, DJ. The, the, the other YouTube videos I'm a little tired of is watch as deaf child hears paperback writer for the first time. It's not doing anything. Brought tears to my eyes. All right, looking forward to that. Also coming wait. up, yeah. Uh, we don't know when. I don't have the date yet, but sometime in New York City is supposedly John Lennon getting a uh, the big reissue treatment, the 50th, right? It'd be 50. Yeah, 50. Yeah, 72. And we're finally, allegedly, going to hear the 117-minute version of Jam Rag. <laughs> 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 I do think it'd be great if, like, if Tributosaurus, I love Tributosaurus. I yeah, love the guys. Great. great band. Spiegel's an old friend. Uh, they're all Chris. They're all, they're all great guys. Those guys um, are good. Yeah, and they're stellar musicians, but why don't they have the balls to cover live jam in its entirety? <laughs> Come see that. <laughs> Just the live jam of yeah. sometime in New York City. <laughs> With the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> Something tells me, man, you know, fingers crossed, there's no there's no apocalypse and nuclear war and all that. But if there was, and Tributosaurus survives the apocalypse, I could see them doing that then. <laughs> like playing some burnt out version of <laughs> Martyrs. <laughs> doing live jam. There's no ceiling, but they, yeah, there's like, they're all going through one gorilla amp. They're all plugged into the one amp. <laughs> Drummer's playing a bucket, but they're doing... <laughs> Live jam, and it and it sounds pretty good. It sounds it like the real thing. Yeah. yeah. Hey man, record store day is doing a Black Friday thing. So come November, Black Friday record store day, we've got a, a few Beatle related releases coming up. Uh, the Dark Horse Records <laughs> compilation is yeah. coming out. Uh huh. If you like Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the band. That's the reason why Dark Horse was a rush release, because George was busy working on the Splinter record, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we finally get to hear this band. I mean, I'm sure you can now, but you get to finally hear them in compilation form. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's a perfect record store day release. I'm going to buy it. There's 2,150 of these LPs. Also, uh, Ravi Shankar, Stair Steps from Chicago. Yeah. Used to be called the Five Stair Steps. Right, right. Yeah. A couple great songs. Because they did a bitchin' cover of, was it Dear Prudence? I forget, but they did, really? a cool, they did a cool cover of a Beatles song. I want to say it was White Album era.
Are they more today than yesterday? No. Who sings more today than yesterday? That was Spiral Staircase. Do you have any interest in this Harrison thing? And where are you with Record Store Day in general? I think I used to be into it. Now it's just turned into like a long line and crowds. So that's not my thing. I don't like crowds. What if we cover it together this year? What if we go with your <laughs> microphone and go to like Lori's Planet of Sound or Reckless or Rattleback and cover it? Or we Dave's? could. Yeah, we, yeah, you're right. We could just, yeah, ask people what they're getting, like be journalists kind of. Do our studs Turkel thing while waiting in line. We while, while waiting Nurkin, in line because there's stuff <laughs> I'm going to buy. There's one of there. There's two things I'm definitely going to buy, and I'll let you guess what they are as we talk about them. Okay. Well, Ringo has f- three. <laughs> no, f- right? Four. <laughs> uh, whatever. Want a whole lot of Ringo? <laughs> <laughs> well, Old Wave, man. Old Wave is finally being reissued with a bonus track. Oh boy. It is the first vinyl issue of Old Wave in the history of America. <laughs> that's true. That's right. Yeah. So it'll be on LP 2000. But if you really want the rarest version, you'll get it on CD because they're only printing up 500 of those. <laughs> it's so perfect if you want to get it cleaned <laughs> up in my car. Old Wave, maybe a top four Ringo solo album, by the by. Top four. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. It's like three. Like it gets weird at the end. I think as far as we can go. Right. That song's weird. And it's long. It's, it's Ringo's so long. Hey Jude. And that's the bonus track. It's an, it's uh, as far as we can go. Parentheses early version. Yeah. And that was an original <laughs> bonus track when late capital offshoot, the right stuff, put this out on CD the first time. And I think 94, uh-huh. so that's been issued before. Um, but I, I like old wave. I finally found the vinyl in my forties in your car, in my car. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. In my forties, I uh, found both the vinyl and CD of old wave for the first time and added to my collection. It's fun to have because other than like ripping bootlegs, ripping bootlegs, the only songs I knew were on um, uh, Starstruck volume two. Thank God for Rhino. Right. Right. Sandberg and the record label. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ryan Sandberg. Rhino. Thank you to Jody Davis and Bobby Dernier. Well, and the Penguin, Ron Say. Let's not leave him out. Ron Say was great. There was a time <laughs> when Chicago had Ron Say and Ron Kittle playing on their respective teams at, yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Power of the Rons. Yeah. And if you've ever been to the Burrito House after two, you've definitely had the Rons. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Do run, Ron. After bur- <laughs> burrito House, get their junior veggie burrito and you'll be happy for two hours and then shitting for three hours. <laughs> I love Burrito House. The one on Lincoln and, and, and Addis is my favorite. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It's a sponsor, but it's not as good as the tasty chicken of uh, Kenny Rogers Roasters. Get in, book your flight now to (laughs) Thailand to enjoy healthy chicken. Teacher says boarding now. 
Kenny Rogers Roasters. Less fat, less salt, less calories. Yeah, man. I, I love that we got our sponsorship in. There's another Ringo release that I can't wait for that's going to be. It's the record, the LP's only record store day. I think you can get the Blu-ray and CD of it uh, on Amazon, but the LP is what's exclusive to record store day. And it's Ringo and the All-Star Band live at the Greek in 2019. Have you seen this? Well, you're looking forward to this one. <laughs> It is the first Ringo All-Star Band album to appear in the States on vinyl since the first one that was on Ryko Disc in 90. I can't fucking wait. And here's, I got to give this trivia out for you. Oh my God. There's one person who has played an integral part on two live solo Beatles records. (laughs) And that man is not Eric Clapton, although he played with George on Live in Japan and he did the concert for George soundtrack. Hamish Stewart is on <laughs> Tribute to Life Fantastic and Paul is Live. And he's about to be on Ringo at the and the All-Star Band at the Greek. Hamish Stewart has done it. He's a great... <laughs> he, he went from singing Ebony and Ivory with Paul to pick up the pieces by the average white band with Ringo. <laughs> Mr. Hamish Stewart. I say, did you hear me say that it was... So let me get this straight, TJ. What you're most excited about and why you're going to get this album, it's a double LP, and there's only 2,000 of them being uh, pressed, is the context of it. It's not the material inside. You're excited that it's an LP of Ringo All-Star Band on vinyl. In the U.S. for the first time. Yes, for the first time since <laughs> since volume one that had like fucking... <laughs> you've, you've gone from Rick Danko and Dr. John to the guy from Toto is where we... Who's great? Steve Lukather is great. It just... Yeah. You know, he wasn't in the... Ba- he was in a band, but he wasn't in the band. The band, right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very excited for you, TJ. I'm very excited for you on that. And also, you know, Colin Hay... I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some big Men at Work fan. Um... But Colin Hay's pretty great, and there's an underrated Men at Work song that was on their second or third album called Overkill that he does live, and that's going to be on this. So, And there is something weird about, like, oh, wow, you're going to get Ringo playing drums on Toto's Hold the Line on vinyl, because <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is like bowling night or whatever. <laughs> Bowling for soup night. Hashtag 1985. Yeah. Um, it, I, I'm excited. It'd be fun to have a Ringo album in my hand. <laughs> a live Ringo album. Well, there's one more too that I see. I'm ex- I'm more excited about this. I might get this and I don't know. Maybe I will and maybe I won't. Ringo the fourth is getting a, a reissue <laughs> on LP. Christ. There's 1,000 being pressed in translucent orange vinyl and 1,000 on translucent blue. Meaning there'll be 1,800 in a cutout bin (laughs) that says Record Store Day Leftovers. (laughs) May I read you the press release on the Record Store Day website for Ringo the Fourth? I have to read this to you, Tony. It's the funniest thing. Please do. 
Often considered one of his coolest works of the late 70s, Ringo IV would become one of Ringo Starr's most loved ventures and one of the finer rock recordings of 1977. What? Featuring the classic singles Drowning in the Sea of Love and Wings, Ringo IV truly captures the Beatles' drummer and vocalist, a driving and eclectic album that continues to thrill generations of fans. Whenever the legendary Ringo Starr makes a record, there's always a little help from his superstar friends, like producer Eric Martin, along with musicians the caliber of King Crimson bassist Tony Levin, the late great Luther Vandross, Bette Midler, David Bromberg, Melissa Manchester, and David Foster. Oh. This super limited edition audiophile album will also be housed in a striking gatefold cover with rare photos and lyrics not seen in years. <laughs> I haven't seen these lyrics in years. <laughs> Can she do it like she dances? <laughs> it's, it's like a great Dylan record. It's like that's ring was blowing in the wind. Jesus. Yeah, well, I got to get it. I just can't decide orange or blue. I don't know. Well, you love John Elway. I do love John Elway. <laughs> For other reasons. It's my only tattoo. My only tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you're going to get that. I'll get Old Wave. I'll get. Uh, I'll probably go to Old Navy, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and get your get your outfit for the, the next uh, Ringo and his All Star Band concert. Got to get my fresh khakis for the show. <laughs> well, before we go, we should probably say thank you and R.I.P. to Chicago musician, jazz pianist Ramsey Lewis, who passed yeah. away. He was a host of the Ramsey Lewis Morning Show on WNUA 95.5. And then remember, it became WNUA 95.5. Yeah, I think they're playing the new Julian Lennon record on that record. Hey, take it easy. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. I like it. Well, Ramsey Lewis, though, uh, man, he did a really cool all Beatles, all White Album Beatles cover album that was recorded only weeks after the White Album was released. It's called Mother Nature's Son, and you can pick any of the songs from there. They all sound unique uh, in their own way. And, and we talked a little bit about it, I think, on our covers episode way back when. But uh, yeah, just check out check out uh, Ramsey Lewis's version of Julia. Yes, Ramsey Lewis version of Julie is beautiful. And you know what's really fun is Ramsey Lewis's live cover of A Hard Day's Night that's got the audience oh, singing cool. along. That's a great one.
Yeah, Ramsey Lewis, a jazz icon, a piano icon, and a Chicago icon. So, you know, sincere condolences to one of the great jazz pianists of all time. And we had one more bit of breaking news that just broke today. This is according oh, yeah, to man. the Daily Beetle, which is my favorite Beatles news website. The Daily Beatles reporting that for the first time ever, most of Ringo's catalog is now available as playlists on YouTube. So not just people bootlegging them, but the official Ringo catalog, with some exceptions, is now officially streaming on YouTube as of uh, the recording of the show. So if you're looking to hear, you know, Ringo Rama in 5.1, YouTube is your place to go. <laughs> no bad boy, though, man. No bad boy. At this writing. I, I wonder why they're saving it for the Super Deluxe reissue. <laughs> well, that's that, that's the good news. Next week, in honor of John Lennon's birthday, we are finally going to cover Ringo's Bad Boy. It's finally happening. We're going to do it. Happy birthday, John. Because I'm just a crazy... I've never played this far. Lazy bad boy. Yeah, 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 Untitled Beatles Podcast. Like and subscribe. You're going to laugh when primetime moves to 7.30 on NBC. What about Throb? No, Throb was Saturday night. Do you remember Throb on Channel 5? Yeah, that's the Spice Channel you're watching, TJ. <laughs> It's throb? What the fuck is Throb? It's the, remember Throbbing Gristle briefly had a <laughs> spin-off series? This fall, primetime begins at 7.30 on NBC.